Welcome to the Radio Plasma Podcast, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega, and today I want to welcome Michael Moriarty and Israel Rivera. We're going to talk about a lot of great things happening in Holyoke, particularly in the flats. I'm really happy to share all this information and having you, Michael and Easy, here with us at the studio. So welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Look forward to talking about what we do. So you are today here representing One Holyoke CDC. And for many people in the South Holyoke area in particular, this name now is more familiar. But for allowing everyone in the community to know about One Holyoke CDC, give us a little bit of, of the summary. Sure. So I'm a much older guy in the room, so I guess I can be the historian. We've been around since 1971, and even before that, there was a great society program called the Model Cities, which was based in the flats of Holyoke, and it was designed to be a wraparound social service agency. The Holyoke Healthcare came out of Model Cities, uh, as did we. There was an economic development CDC uh, that was also created. So One Holyoke changed its name from Model Cities. First, it stopped being a government program, and as with about 150 other community development corporations in Massachusetts, they changed to a nonprofit model, mostly focused on building affordable housing and managing affordable housing projects. That's what we have done for the last 48 years as well. We have a number of apartment buildings in the city of Holyoke, but we focused a lot on building affordable housing and creating opportunities for families to own a property. And I think what was brilliant in the model that we came up with in the 70s is we sell a two-family home. Because think about this. If you are buying an affordable home, it means that you have qualified based on having a low income. By definition, you're living paycheck to paycheck. You can qualify for a mortgage, but you don't have much to fall back on. What happens to you if something happens to the paycheck? By doing a two-family home, it only creates 50% home ownership, right? Because the other half is a rental. But at the same time, if something happens to your paycheck, that rental buys you time to find the next job, get things stabilized, move on with your life. And we've had tremendous success with that. In our history, we have never sold a home to someone who has had it foreclosed on them. And that's a tremendous track record. And we really think it's based on the duplex model and the relationship we maintain with our buyers year afterwards, years afterwards. So that's what we've done for 48 years. I came on board about five years ago and took a look at what was going on in the community development field throughout Massachusetts and throughout the country. And what we found was a lot of CDCs had failed and many were struggling because they were little tiny niche organizations that only focused on the housing in their neighborhoods. You have to be more comprehensive than that. You have to provide a stronger amount of supportive services for people in your housing that need it. You have to provide a lot more community engagement so that you're not just dealing with your buildings, but you're dealing with the neighborhoods that your buildings are in. And the CDCs that are doing that in Massachusetts are thriving. So I come on board to a 40 
plus year organization that's doing okay, but I want it to thrive. I knew we had to expand. So about a year ago, we brought Izzy Rivera on board, who is uh, experienced in all kinds of community outreach work and became the first community engagement director that our organization's ever had. And Izzy, maybe you can explain a little bit about the work that you do and some of the stuff you've done in the 18 months you've been with us. <clears throat> Thank you, Mike. Um, yeah, so I've been, I came on board, uh, I would say about October, late October, early November of 2016. Um, let me begin real quick with explaining the fact that I grew up in the flats also. And uh, I didn't realize that Old Holyoke now, One Holyoke, literally reshaped and rebuilt the whole flats community that I grew up in. When I got hired here, uh, I went through some of the paperwork with Mike, and I start seeing a lot of the buildings that used to be in the flats that ended up getting torn down and being replaced by homes. It's amazing to me that now I work for the organization that kind of helps shape what the flats looks like now. Most of the houses in the, that are duplexes down there were built by the organization that I work for now. It is awesome, an awesome opportunity to work for One Holyoke because it's in the Flats community, the community I grew up in, the community that I call home, even though I still, I don't live there anymore, but I have a lot of networks um, within the community and I know a lot of the members, I mean, a lot of the people, the residents that live there, which makes my job a lot easier in regards to community engagement. I know a lot of the residents because I've lived there for a long time and uh, it's easier for us to engage with them and call them in for meetings. We had the basketball, the, the basketball court on Center Street that's about to be redesigned we just had a meeting, what was it, last Wednesday, I believe. We had a great turnout. About 40 residents showed up. 40 people is a lot of people, even though it doesn't seem like it's a lot of people, but it is. And I strongly believe that it's because One Holyoke hired someone within the community to be able to reach out to the community and actually, like, we can build relationships easier because we all understand each other on another level. Um, the community engagement aspect at One Holyoke is a new thing, though. So I myself am sifting and navigating through the systems within the city and within the company I work for, which is One Holyoke, and seeing what, what we really can do or what we can't, but how can we try to reshape something that we can't do. So far, it's been fun, I'm going to be honest, and a very, very good learning experience because I'm literally trying to help build things from the ground up, not something that's already built, uh, which kind of provides us with the opportunity of being innovators, I feel like. A absolutely. And, you know, I, I point out that in the past we've done public hearings because we'd have a project coming. And so we do what developers do and you have to get in front of a public board. You have to explain what your project's going to be and how you're going to finance it and get feedback from board members who are going to vote about approving things you ask for and from community members who may have some concerns, may want to come out and support you. But think about what we did in that basketball court last week. We don't own that. That belongs to the city. What we did was became a trusted partner with the city agencies and the architecture firm that knew we had a capacity to bring 40 people into a hearing where very often you go to a hearing for an upcoming public works project and there's two or three people in the room if you're lucky mm -hmm. and it goes very quickly. 
This was cool. It was outdoors. Yeah. The weather worked out for us. We were actually in the basketball court that's going to get changed. The architect didn't have to go to any of his pictures and drawings. He could just point. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's something we've never done before. And again, not on a project we're doing, but in the neighborhood around the projects we've done over and over. So that that's a great example of doing community engagement over and above right. just doing brick and mortars development. It's actually an awesome experience. There was great trade-off conversation. The architect was bilingual, so it made it easier. Like, I didn't have to translate, which is sometimes an issue for me. <laughs> like, people would throw things out and he would answer. Every question they threw at him, he answered. And it wasn't no run around, no trying to hide anything. It was it's actually a pretty good building moment, especially in the Flats neighborhood. You know what I mean? Um, there's a, enough negative connotations attached to the neighborhood. And I feel like that the residents that day sh showed up, like literally showed up and showing their concern, respecting and coming out to organize something that is very meaningful for them in the community. And this is something really important when we're talking about a community that has been struggling with many different aspects in the society for so long. Yep. And the key word here is trust, mm -hmm. something that is showing up and is getting this outcome, having people being involved and wanting to be part of it and wanting to know what's happening. And that's another reason why I'm so glad that you guys are here today, because it's not only for sharing with the community in the flats, but everybody in our community in Holyoke and the Pioneer Valley, what is happening. Mm -hmm. So the development of the basketball court is one of several projects and, and things cooking with one Holyoke CDC. What are the other ones? Let me lead with another activity that has nothing to do with housing, but that's coming up soon and that we've done before and are very excited about. We bring theater to Holyoke. Did it in 2015 when we brought To Kill a Mockingbird to Holyoke High School. Did it last year when we brought the Grapes of Wrath. And this year on May the 4th, a Friday morning, we're going to bring The Great Gatsby to Holyoke High School. So first thing people often want to know is your community development corporation. Why that? What, what, what does that have to do with the work that you do? Our mission statement says that every resident of Holyoke deserves to live in a dignified home and a safe, attractive neighborhood. Homes are more dignified and neighborhoods are more attractive if they are good places to learn, good places to thrive, places that care about learning and knowledge. And in Holyoke, and particularly the flats in South Holyoke, we have some of the most serious educational issues that are going on in Massachusetts. I'm involved in a lot of that. I know a great deal about it. Served on the school board for many years, serve on the state board now. And I've learned a lot about where housing and education intersect. And the bottom line is, if you can help with education, you are actually helping with the quality of the homes you're providing. So why this? Because it's fun because we know from tons of studies that exposure to theater really helps students learn in a different, in a broader, in a more empathetic way, that if you can connect something that they're studying anyway, and they read The Great Gatsby. So we're gonna bring the juniors and seniors into the auditorium. They will be familiar with the book. Chances are pretty good they saw the movie that was made a couple of years ago. And comparing how you stage something like that compared to turning a book to a movie or compared to just reading the book. 
there's a lot of learning that goes on when you do that. And so I know about this theater troupe. They're called the National Players. They've been touring the country with great works of literature, with Shakespeare. They provide master classes to students. They've been doing this since 1949. And they're based out of Oldie, Maryland. They travel all over the United States of America. They are a place with young professional actors who can take a year or two out of their lives and basically be a theater in a box and go into any place and create a set that makes a world of sense and tell the story in a really engaging, innovative way. So the national players are coming to Hoyoke for the third time and our job as the developer is to make it all happen, make sure all the bills get paid, make sure that the folks are on the stage at the time we said they're gonna have them on the stage and to uh, make it work so that it's a really positive experience for everybody. So the last two times we did it was great. It's, it's something I'm, I'm very excited uh, to see happening again. So it's the Great Gatsby. Uh, it's not open to the public. There will be other school groups invited to Holyoke High School based on the principal's ability to manage that, uh, but it's mostly for Holyoke High School students the morning of Friday, May the 4th. But we want to engage the public with this too, and we have to. People's Bank has very generously provided some underwriting support to help us make this happen, and that covered about two-thirds of this budget, which is well over $10,000. And so we have to raise the rest. So we have two ways of doing that. One is come and see the Great Gatsby yourself. And we've done this before. We've opened up the Hoyokai Auditorium the evening after they performed for the students. This year, we're doing it differently. The Great Gatsby belongs in Wisteria Hearst. What, what could be cooler than watching this story in a mansion where millionaires lived in the 1920s? So they're going to bring their set right into the music room at Wisteria Hearst. They're going to perform it on Saturday. May the 5th, uh, showtime starts at 1 o'clock. Tickets are available through our partner, MIFA Victory Theater. If you go to MIFA Victory Theater's website and look at events, you will find this listed as The Great Gatsby Comes to Holyoke. And tickets are available through there. And it's a very limited number of tickets. We've already sold a little over 20. And uh, there's only 70 seats in the house. We can sell no more. And so, uh, you know, if you want to see world-class professional theater in a really small setting in a really unique way, this is your opportunity. That by itself won't take care of everything, so we thought, what else has to do with theater that would help us make this fly? How about the hottest tickets on Broadway, which right now is Springsteen on Broadway? We got two orchestra seat tickets for Saturday, June the 23rd, and we're raffling those off. It's a $50 raffle. Uh, we have 300 tickets available right now. Those are also available through MIFA Victory Theater's website, or you can reach out to our office and uh, uh, just an email or a phone call. We'll make it happen. I'll come to your door as long as you're not too far away. Uh, but we will, uh, we will give those two seats away to a lucky winner, and uh, everyone else can know that they have donated to a really valuable learning experience at Holyoke not just the play, but also students interested in theater, will have a master class with the actors in the afternoon after the performance. So a lot going on with the theater activity, but that's coming up quick. May, uh, May the 4th and May the 5th are, are right around the corner uh, just a month from today. An important 
fact that The Great Gatsby considered one of the most important pieces of literature in America that connects so much with the history of Holyoke itself. So it's the perfect piece to know about the literature and the history of America, even though it's a fiction, mm -hmm. but connects with a lot of realities of the 1920s and also this place, the reemergence of our own society today in the city of Holyoke, when we are seeing things like back in the 20s, the films, music being recorded, and now we are having virtual reality, the internet being one of the most important tools for interconnection and media outreach. So it's an interesting parallel seeing how a century away from the time that Fitzgerald wrote The Great Gatsby in the time place of the story, we are living it in a new set. I, th I think that's exactly right. One of my favorite themes of Gatsby is the idea that with all of the wealth, with all of the opulence that people spend their lives chasing, it turns out there's so much empty about that. And that the American dream is not really the answer to happiness in everyone's life. And in a world that is changing, where values were up in the air all over the place and where people didn't really know where the country was going. Well, what was true in F. Scott Fitzgerald's 1920s is just as true as we're approaching the 2020s. It, 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 really, uh, it really is a timely novel, and I'm sure that's why the national players thought it was a, a great choice of literature to do this year. And uh, after the play, there's a social also, right? Correct. We're going to draw. Uh, so there's only 70 seats, but at 3 o'clock, the theater group will be done with their Q&A, and we're going to open up the gallery at Wisteria Hearst. And uh, we'll have a little bit of an after party that uh, anybody is uh, welcome to join us at. Maybe start your afternoon off before Derby Day. And uh, in addition to that, we'll, we'll draw the... Um, We'll draw the raffle at that event after the play. So this is a perfect opportunity to allow students from Holyoke High to enjoy of the Great Gatsby. And also, if you can enjoy it yourself in the best place to enjoy the Great Gatsby, mm -hmm. the Wisteria Hearst Museum, you can visit One Holyoke CDC and also MIFA Victory Theater website so you can get your tickets and support this event, which is an interesting way to make this engagement part of the mission of One Holyoke CDC through theater and the arts. Absolutely, but we haven't forgotten about housing. We also have the most unique housing project in our company's history coming up this spring as well. Folks who follow uh, the city council might know that they approved the transfer of a lot, 278 Pine Street, across from the Senior Center, uh, which is an empty lot. There was a building torn down about a year ago. Why did we ask for that lot? Because when we found out about the People's Bank's plans for the former Yankee peddler, we found out that they were going to offer an entire two-family house for a buck. And I'm reading this at my breakfast table and saying, why not? So I reached out to People's in January and said, is this for real? Do you think it could actually happen? And everybody's like, I, I doubt it. It seems a little crazy. But I said, well, why don't I reach out to some structural movers and some architects and let's see what we can do? Well, it turns out it's just a different version of what we've done before. 
We've built over 162 family homes, mostly with modulars that get shipped into Holyoke off of the highway and placed on a foundation in a formerly empty lot. In this case, it's the same thing by different means. Instead of shipping them in separate boxes, we're keeping it right in Holyoke, picking it up from one site. We'll move it right down Beach Street and across Hampshire. And again, you can't put, now we'll have to build a foundation for it. We'll only have the footings there, but we'll get that on a new foundation before you know it. So at the end of the day, it wasn't that different for us. The costs are pretty comparable and we were able to find the means. And so we will sell this to an affordable homeowner just as we've done in the past. But uh, you know, my only regret is that we couldn't uh, have the house on a truck and ready to move as a float in this year's parade. Wasn't ready for March. Mm -hmm. We think it'll happen sometime in May. One of our commitments to peoples is that we are working very hard to have that house off-site and onto the Pine Street property by June the 1st. And then from there, we will have a rehab project on our hands uh, over on Pine Street to prepare it for uh, the families that will move into this. Uh, it was originally a two-family house. It was turned into office space. Uh, so the next part of our project is turning it back into a two-family house. And uh, by obtaining that lot last night and receiving the house as a donation from People's Bank, and lining up all the folks that make this stuff happen. Uh, we, we are right on track and we'll be making big public announcements when moving day is coming because we, we think this is going to be kind of fun to watch. And something worth of sharing and letting people not only in our community but everywhere to know and see how things are done in Holyoke. Because this is another inspiring way for other CDCs and other communities across the nation to see and maybe feel inspired to replicate in a way. We think about this sort of thing a lot. I mean, this was sort of situational. An opportunity came from some things people really don't like. You know, you end up with an empty lot in a residential neighborhood over, you know, in the Oakdale area. And you end up with a iconic inn no longer operating. And, and, and nobody loves that. And you could have ended up with a large, craftsman style, well, it's not totally craftsman style, but kid style, two-family home from the 1920s era, um, about to find its way into a landfill. Well, we're keeping that out of the landfill. And and, and losing taxes and, and a house. A absolutely. And that, you know, that, that's one of the other, that, that's one of the other pieces that is huge for us. Instead of having a lot of cost and waste, what we do is we take an empty lot that the city gets nothing from and turns it into part of our tax base. You know, having done that over 160 times over, uh, we, we've actually contributed probably about as much as the Hoyoke Mall does on an annual basis to formerly empty city-owned lots now being residentially pieces, residential pieces of the tax base. Doing it again. Looking forward to it. And we're anxious to see that that maneuver of having this big structure being transferred from its old location to the new one. And for sure, we're going to be covering that. Awesome. And now going back to the flats, there is something that I got the opportunity of knowing about a couple of months ago because conversations with EC about the plans and the ideas. But now it's something that is happening. And this is something really great for the flats because now there is going to be a point of connection that is going to be tangible and it's going to be 
so significant for more development for the Flats community. So let's talk about that. Let, let's. And I'm going to throw that one right over to you because this is... So I, I assume what you're referring to is the Portuguese American Club. Yes. Right. So the Portuguese American Club, which for now will be named the Flats Community Center, but with the One Holyoke logo on it for now, until we organize the community and the community can actually together decide a name for the space. Right now, we just finished closing on it, what, February, I yep. believe? We are going through the process of cleaning it out, trying to fix windows, fix miscellaneous items, I would say, in the beginning until recently we had a boiler issue. Yeah, up and died. Right. So uh, after I ordered the movie theater equipment, because we are supposed to host movie nights once a month there for the community for about 50 residents to come in free of charge. As long as you become a member, right now there's no membership, we are working on making the club a membership basis. Um, but until then, for now, the residents of the Flats community can come in, watch a movie, probably buy some popcorn, buy some sodas, and just enjoy a night out with the family. And not just your brother and sister, I mean the family as the Flats community. We are trying to make this space a family space, a community family space where the, the community can come in and try to more or less reach out to gain resources that they don't already have or try to gain some sort of navigative system. For now, we are just going to uh, start with movie nights, hopefully grow from there until we can literally solidify some partnerships. Possibly Johan can come in sometimes to help out. Career Point can come in because um, we want this to be a space where everyone in the flat can come in and gain access. It's I think Mike can explain a little bit more of the overall idea. But for me, my thing would be that. A absolutely. So Izzy's been hard at work. We've bought movie screens. We're getting projectors. We're going to set up some space in the hall. So if you're not familiar with the Portuguese American Club, it's a rehabilitated piece of the 1840s row houses that exist on Canal Street and Grover and Center Street. Back in the mid-1940s, a, a Portuguese American organization purchased this space and, and created it as a membership club for their members, and they've been running it right up until this year. Uh, they have uh, struggled because there's not a sizable Portuguese community in the flats anymore. Uh, you know, even up to the 70s and 80s, Portuguese was one of the leading demographic groups in the neighborhood. Uh, now, it, now it's a tiny number of folks, and, and most of the people who are participating in the club were coming in from out of town uh, mm -hmm. to participate in it. Actually, a guy who should always be remembered when you think of the Portuguese American Club is attorney and uh, former city councilor uh, George Neves, who passed away a few years ago. George was the mainstay living in Holyoke, who kept the events going and kept the club together and, uh, you know, really just had a tremendous sense of his Portuguese culture and, uh, you know, what it is to be Portuguese in Holyoke. Uh, George passed away a few years ago, and there was really nobody to pick up the ball from there. So the club became available and, and they reached out to us and, and, and offered it to us because they knew we would make this a facility that would serve the Flats neighborhood rather than simply seeing it turned into some kind of a commercial enterprise that maybe wouldn't be that desirable. Uh, the other big challenge, there's no off-street parking to speak right. of. You know, the club has gotten by for years and years with that. We know our challenge is Whatever programming we do, it's got to be relevant and useful to the residents of the flats 
who'd be willing to walk over from a couple of blocks. I mean, you know, in a lot of ways, the flats is a really walkable place. If you have a kindergartner that lives at the farthest end of the Tefford Apartments, you're walking all the way over to Kelly School on the other side of the flats every day in all kinds of weather. So we know it's a really walkable neighborhood. And so something like movie nights, we think, is going to appeal to folks who can just kind of get up and throw on their coat and come on over. And, th and that's the kind of feel that we want. The membership piece is also important because Portuguese American Club was a membership club. We will continue to maintain a membership club. We want to have that continuity. We want to, frankly, have that zoning grandfathering, you know, so that we can have a wider array of possible uh, uses consistent with what the club had done in the past. So we also want to engage the community. We want them to have skin in the game. We want them to be giving us ideas about what they want to see happen in a space like this. And we've planned for that, uh, Izzy, if you want to mention what we did with and, the and, focus groups. Right, and that's, that, that's one of the main reasons why I kind of like the membership piece, where the membership piece gives the community members buy-in. It gives them a piece to be like, you know, I, I am a part of this. I helped build this. We're literally starting this from the beginning. We're not just having something that's already there and saying, hey, we're opening this up to you as a member. No, this is we're all coming together. You become a member. We are we did that. We hosted a couple focus groups out of the focus groups. We're trying to develop an advisory group, an advisory panel that will help guide in what way <clears throat> the club should go or how it should be run or who should run it. I mean, ultimately, we're going to, from what I understand on, coming from Mike, we're going to build the place up, help it become stable, and it could be run by the members in the community itself. Right. Uh, we took a certain amount of our company's resources uh, so that we could purchase the club. And, and actually, the club itself helped us out. They've given right. us a loan to help extend that time. Uh, as we mentioned, the boiler part of this world a short time after we closed on it. So we are going to engage an architect. We're going to get an HVAC system in there. We took careful notes. We, we actually had four different rounds of focus groups with neighborhood uh, residents and uh, or, or folks who had been residents in the neighborhood. And we're going to give those notes over to an architect and say, integrate as much of this as you possibly can. Give us a couple of design ideas and we'll bring folks back in to bounce off of those. And in the meantime, on a lighter level, we can do things like movie nights. Movie nights. We can maybe set up the first floor to get some internet in there so that students can study. We're trying to figure out how that's going to work. Uh, you know, and, and we'll use it on a fairly light basis as we put the investments in for, you know, a decent multimedia system, uh, keep it hot, keep it cool uh, when we need to. And over time, we'll do what we as developers do, and that's figure out what it costs to really fully make the space what we want it to be and get the resources in place and then get the skilled tradespeople in to make it happen. We've not done it with this kind of a project before, but we've done that before many times. So we think we can make something really good come of this. And uh, having it, as Mike would call it, a turnkey space right now, helps develop building that family piece, building the community piece for now until we actually have it up and running of like effectively, efficiently, where we have the most 
up to scale stuff that we're going to have or whatever it is that the idea or the whatever comes out from the architect. But for now, the idea is to engage the community, get them comfortable coming into the space, feeling trust. You said the word trust earlier, being able to trust us as a, not only as a property management company, but as a company that's going to be able to actually care for the community further than you just paying my bills. I mean, it, that's the idea where I feel like I've been hired for to change maybe not the perceptions. I don't think that's what it is. But at the end of the day, some tenants just come in and pay their bill. And that's the only thing they have to do with one Holyoke. No, we're doing more than that. We're planning an Eric Carl trip. We're planning a trip to the Dr. Seuss Museum. And we're trying to get most of these residents in the community that don't barely step out to go out to these other places. More than likely, they would it would be free of charge for them. But I'm going to have to fundraise. Mike's going to have to fundraise. We're going to have to try to gain more funds so that we can provide these opportunities for the residents in the community. It is really inspiring and joyful to see how much the Flats community is going to be able to own and feel that ownership of resources and that strong connection with the community itself to do whatever they decide that is needed for the community. And you guys being that vessel that allows right. This process to happen is something really important, meaningful, and I thank you for doing this this work. I know since One Holyoke started with this new name, it's been a long process of work mm -hmm. and putting out the name and making sure that people know about who you are and what are you doing. I, I appreciate that a great deal. Rebranding re is something I plan to never do again. Uh, it's really hard. Uh, but it was worth it because we want to send that message that we really are doing more, we're doing things new, and we want to be a unifying force. And that's what the name One Holyoke uh, spoke to. And also to put the CDC in there, uh, you know, sometimes people think that's a health organization in Atlanta. That's uh, we, yeah, we think you work for a disease control. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, no, I work for community development corporation. <laughs> but, you know, that's an opportunity for us to explain what the community development movement is, uh, that it is something very vibrant that exists in many places. And Holyoke needs a good one. And we are thrilled and kind of having fun having the opportunity uh, to become that model of a community development corporation that neighborhoods like the Flats and cities like Koyoke have so much to gain from. In case uh, people have any questions or suggestions, ideas, how can they reach out to you? That would be me, Community Engagement Director. Uh, it's called... The office at One Holyoke, it's a 413-533-7101. I don't know my extension number by heart, but if you wait on the answer machine, it'll give you my extension number. It's 108. I know it by heart. There you go, Mike. <laughs> 108. So uh, leave, feel free to leave a message. Uh, you can come in. I'm usually in the office. Tuesdays are bad days, but I'm usually in the office Monday through Friday, early in the morning, uh, 9 to 11 o'clock. I'm there all the time. Um, and just feel free to drop in. 70 Lyman Street, ask for Izzy, have a conversation. If not, explain to Ada that you want to meet with Izzy, and then she'll, let, she'll call me and let me know what, like you're here. But I wanted to leave one more other thing before. Sure. We're organizing a community cleanup, yes. the Flats Community Cleanup. It's April 28th. Um, we're partnering up with Neary School, the Boys and Girls Club, and Youth Rap, Sandy Rojas' program. And we're, we're pretty much trying to begin a, a, 
a summer long initiative where it continues on to the next year and then the next year and the next year after. The, the slogan is hashtag keep it clean 2K18. So the idea is to inspire the community to come out this one day out of the month to uh, clean up their neighborhoods. It could be the front porch. It could be their backyard. It could be the street, uh, your neighbor's yard, whatever you want it to be. Take a picture, share it with us, hashtag it, keep it clean, 2K18. It could be on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whichever one. The idea is it, is it begins in April, ends in September. We will launch off with like a, a quick little um, meet and greet, get to know each other, provide some snacks and um, coffee for the morning, go out, tackle the locations. Then throughout the summer, it's either going back to the same locations we've done to ensure that they're still clean or to uh, identify new problem areas and then attack those and trying to inspire the community to just take more ownership, more or less. You can have a property management company that has maintenance men that come up to clean, but they only come up to clean certain times out of, out of the day. You literally live here, and the idea is if you can help clean too, this place will be a very beautiful place. And the hashtag is not only limited to Flats Community Cleanup. I've created the hashtag to try to f somehow intertwine everyone in Holyoke. So if you live in the Highlands and you're just raking the leaves of your backyard, take a picture, hashtag keep it clean 2018. If you are with the HAP program who's running their cleanup the same day, keep it clean 2K18. Uh, if you work for the school department, if you're the mayor, it doesn't matter who you are. At the end of the day, come September, there will be a collage developed from April all the way to September of Keep It Clean 2K18 within Holyoke. And I don't know what I'm going to do with that information yet, but when I get it, it's going to be an awesome video probably. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, part of the fun of this work, we do make up a lot as we go along. I didn't know last December we were going to be moving a house, yeah, and here we true. are. Uh, one other thing I will just mention, we do have a presence on the web and in social media. So if you want more information about us, our web address is www.oneholyoke.org. Uh, we also have a uh, page on Facebook. Uh, just uh, search One Holyoke CDC. It'll pop right up. And uh, we are on Twitter and Instagram as well at, at One Holyoke. So uh, any of those media are a great way to reach out to us and uh, love it if you would. Yep. Easy, Michael, thank you so much for all this work, uh, for being able to come here today and share all this information with the community. And this space is yours also for you to come back anytime you want to share any development on new projects, new ideas, or just to follow up on this beautiful things happening for our community. So we have the Great Gatsby, the community, the cleanups, and of course, the services that you are offering every day in terms of housing. So One Holyoke CDC is doing a lot of work that we felt it's, it was just necessary to share and let everybody know this is happening because this is part of the many great stories that happen here in Holyoke that we need to know about and celebrate. And Johan, thanks to Radio Plasma yes. for giving us a platform to share with people what we do. Thank you uh, for it's the great platform. opportunity. Yep. Thank you. This is our conversation with Michael Moriarty and Israel Rivera from One Holyoke CDC. And this is the Radio Plasma podcast, all the information on how to contact them and how to get your tickets for The Great Gatsby is available in the posting of this episode and radioplasma.com. And this session of the Radio Plasma podcast was recorded and produced at the Plasma Media Lab here in the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass.
I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashivega. Thank you for listening. <laughs>